My guest today is Professor Narendra Naik, a rationalist, skeptic, and free thinker. He is the current president of Federation of Indian Rationalist Associations. He has dedicated his entire life towards promotion of rational thinking, scientific temperament, and debunking godmen and pseudoscience. Professor, welcome to the show. It's an honor to have you here. I want to keep all the controversial questions in the end, and uh, we'll start simple. Even at the age of seventy, you put shirtless pictures of yourself on Facebook, and you have a flat tummy. Yeah. What is your uh, fitness regime to stay like this? I wake up early in the morning, mm. do ground exercises for half an hour, then I go uh, for a swim, then a walk, then I come back, and have my. Uh, Cereal less or minimum cereal low glycemic index high protein breakfast. Okay. That's all, and then nothing after that. In the evening again, I go to the gym. Then again, I go for swimming and walking, and then I eat something. So in between that, I don't eat anything. Hmm. Do you follow that uh, natural carb diet by Shrinivas Kakilai or some? No, I do not follow anybody's Any? diet, but mm. uh, I'm uh, on a high protein, mm. low GI, medium fat, okay, high fiber diet. It's a very scientific yeah. diet. Yeah, I'm a biochemist myself, and nutrition is mm. one of the subjects which we are taught to our students for decades. Okay. because last year uh, at the height of covid-19 pandemic mm. we saw a lot of people uh, proposing new kinds of nutritions not just nutritions but also sugar pills mm. all kinds of alternative medicine mm. all promoting all kinds of pseudoscience mm. as covid-19 treatment yes and did you have a you must have had your uh, plate full trying to debunking debunking yes. the one after another yes another. in fact all my webinars were about that and even when we my first interaction with a with an audience was on the 15th of october and there they asked me to speak about uh, covid-19 and uh, my bout with it so uh, i i'm not just speaking about covid-19 i've gone through that itself at the early stages of the infection in the country so i can speak authoritatively about what one should do or one should not do hmm good what first made you a rationalist and a skeptic see the process is uh, as you asked a rationalist is a person who puts things to question before accepting them but i did not become a rationalist first i first became an atheist i came to that conclusion at a very young age maybe around 10 or 11 years of age i became an atheist then i grew up that way with my atheism and later on when i joined for graduation at loyola college chennai i got a lot of other literature which wasn't available to me uh, here as a young boy growing up here and that made my thinking process grow and by the time i joined for my post graduation at kasurva medical college manipal i had the inclinations of rationalism that is putting things to test of reason before accepting them 
and in 1976 i joined the movement so i was a rationalist before i joined the movement it was not that i joined the movement and then somebody inspired to make me a rationalist i was a rationalist even before i met the first atheist whom i met in my life by just questioning things by just questioning things and coming to conclusions based on very very empirical evidence i should say going by my standards now the evidence was very empirical that uh, uh, prayers would not help so i thought if prayers don't help there's no god then mm. it's like a telephone conversation with nobody at the other end even without prayers you had a pretty successful life i do not know what you mean by successful that goes in inverted commas if success goes by a lot of money a huge car and a huge bungalow and uh, millions of rupees in the bank my life has not been successful no but you have uh, passed certain exams medical exams yeah. uh, for which a lot of people uh, pray to prepare yeah. and then they fail yeah you have done that even yeah. with the absence of prayers right and uh, like my professor told me your uh, marks are decided by what you write in the paper and not by the length of your hair or by the cut of your trousers or your belief systems mm. so that was i had a very good uh, very broad minded professor who himself was an atheist okay. and you see during post graduation it's not a university course like that. it's a course in a medical college where there are only four candidates for the exams and everybody is known personally including the board of examiners knows you and i got the highest marks and all my friends were surprised they said how did you manage to get such high marks without god i said god wasn't my examiner <laughs> but to be an atheist at such a young age in a conservative town like mangalore mm. did your parents or your relatives have any objection to your uh, belief system i never bothered about it in fact at the age of 11 when i grandly declared to my mother there's no god your prayers are useless she said my child did you find the truth at such a young age so she was probably a closet atheist who could not open her mouth because of the circumstances under which she had grown a gsb family a husband and four children and she totally dependent on the family and things like that so probably she could not express herself but as we grew up she started expressing herself and when she died she was an atheist total she told me don't do any rituals when i die and tell them not to do those sick rituals which they do for uh, sumangali they say the woman who dies when her husband is alive but of course my father was there and uh, he went ahead with all those stupid rituals which she detested mm. and but she told me one thing do not donate my body to the medical college just cremate me and i promised her that and i did that i okay. just took her and cremated her mm. but you have decided after you pass away you will be donating your body to medical institution i already donated okay. it <laughs> there is just for them to take it away when i can't cough <laughs> that's all <laughs> uh how do you come up, how do you debunk such huge godmen or uh, you know movements like uh, midbrain activation or nadi astrology is it a complicated process 
no, no. First of all, you study your adversary. Mm-hmm. Then you dig a pit for them to fall into the trap. As simple as that. You give them a long enough rope and then you pull on it. That's how I managed to debunk all these uh, people. They were midbrain activation scam. I think I took on took that on single-handedly probably because others are all playing supplementary roles. I was only common factor for it happening all over the place. And probably for the first time in the world, a authority passed a stricture saying that you should not be done. It happened in Dakshina Kannada. The DC issued an order to those fellows, I forgot their names, some puttos, that they should not do that. Blindfolded seeing. Because mm-hmm. this, he said it's against science. Good, good. Do you get surprised when you see people who are highly educated, people who have masters in physics, PhD in, you know, in astrophysics or biochemistry falling for godmen and such pseudo-scientific activities? Not at all. Because what you say is educated is not the right word. In India, we have literacy. I'm not talking about what you basically call as literacy, reading, writing, and things like that. I'm talking about literacy in a particular subject. For example, you're literate in physics. You may be literate in physics, but you're as illiterate as the man on the street when it comes to talking about a godman or astrology or doing something at an eclipse or things like that. So, it's not a matter of uh, uh, education. It's a matter of mindset and which our so-called education system has totally failed 100%. If a person ends up with a rational thinking and a degree, it means that that person has managed to come over the conditioning of all the years he spent in the society as well as in the educational institutions. That's what happens mm. in most of the places. Yeah. A lot of the time, pe- people use words like culture to condition our young children because yes. if there is a 16 or a 17-year-old boy in Mangalore and if he is a rationalist, he cannot rebel against his parents freely because he depends on his pocket money for his parents. What kind of advice would you give to such a child? I have no advice at all to give to anybody. Let me be very clear about that. Because advice is given by those who have a superiority complex. I do not have any such. I have passed my life, I have lived my life exactly the way I want. From a long, long time, as long as I can remember. Because even at the age of 15 and 16, I was totally independent. I had got a scholarship from the government of India called as the National Science Talent Search Scholarship, which was a princely sum in those days, some 100 rupees per month it was in 1967. You can imagine that time when a bank class salary was some 180 or 200 rupees. That much money I was getting a scholarship alone. Other than they used to pay the total college fees of a place like Loyola College, which was one of the most expensive colleges in the country. And uh, besides, they gave, used to give money for books and they used to take to some uh, place during the vacation where you would be taken to some top laboratory. In fact, uh, I remember I was taken to places like NIN, mm. National Institute of Nutrition, Osmania University, when I was doing my graduation itself. Mm. So it was a very good scholarship, but I managed to lose it. 
ओके एंड यू हैव डिबंक समटाइम्स यू डिबंक स्मॉल एस्ट्रोलॉजर्स बाय चैलेंजेस बट यू आल्सो डिबंक सम ऑफ द टॉप एस्ट्रोलॉजर्स इन इंडिया लाइक वन इवेंट दैट आई रिकॉल इज यू हैव डिबंक फेमस बॉलीवुड एक्टर आयुष्मान खुराना फादर पी खुराना कैन यू एक्सप्लेन दैट स्टोरी आई वॉज इन चंडीगढ़ रनिंग ए वर्कशॉप एट दैट टाइम इट वॉज ए वर्कशॉप बाई द डिपार्टमेंट ऑफ साइंस एंड टेक्नोलॉजी ऑफ द पंजाब गवर्नमेंट and i had a series of four workshops there five days each and during one of those workshops i got the uh, red item in the newspaper that some corona fellow is coming to speak at the pgi postgraduate institute of medical education and research at chandigarh just imagine that so i thought uh, i will do that i called the newspapers i debunked them they carried my write up and then they were prepared for the showdown and it happened in the auditorium of the institute where we went of course some media it was jam packed but some of our activists had kept a seat for me they vacated it when i came because they wanted me to sit somewhere close to the podium and this man started his lecture and uh, spoke his usual rubbish and you know he charges some 5000 rupees for 3 minutes or something at that time God. It was maybe fifteen, twenty <laughs> years back, and then it was thrown open. They said first the faculty can ask questions. The faculty themselves started demolishing this fellow. This fellow had thought that because he is invited by the director, he'll have some sort of immunity from attacks. But he was wrong, because there were people in the audience who were senior to the director because it's a post by rotation. and even the senior people started asking him somebody asked him you see right from first mbbs we are taught how to deal with patients and you an astrologer want to train us how to do that what is your qualification <laughs> then the professor of pharmacology said i had invited uh, 10 astrologers to my department and 10 just ordinary people and given them a set of uh, horoscopes and uh, the results were the same so what is the big deal in your astrology then the president of the non teaching staff association said hence forward we'll close down the opd we'll keep your people there you check the horoscope of every patient and decide what's wrong with them yeah. then the professor of pediatrics said when a child is born we'll make the horoscope and give it to you <laughs> you can decide at which age what they will get and then after their questions was over now they said others can ask so i got up and asked them a number of questions first of all i advised the director i said look here mr director next year onwards because this man says he can determine from the horoscope itself what is the career for the particular individual next time onwards you cancel your entrance exams you just have this man hand over the horoscopes of your uh, all your entrants to this man and he'll decide who are to go for which course and then you can he can also decide who will pass and who will fail so your role is nothing there hmm no need for ct no, exam no man he got terribly upset okay. what he wanted was he wanted something on his uh, cv that he has spoken about astrology and medical science at pgiam hmm. but i think there he, he walked out he did not even collect the memento that was kept for him <laughs> yeah he should have expected that yeah. going to a scientific institution no 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 he was not expecting the opposition there okay because he was thinking that since he is invited by the director 
There will not be opposition. Same thing happened to our BM Hegde when he went to IIT Madras. There they stood with placards saying that we don't want your pseudoscience mm-hmm. here. BM Hegde is a doctor, right? Yes. And he is a quack. He is a physician turned quack. Okay. He was a doctor. I won't say he is. He was mm. at one time. Now he's a quack, hundred percent. And I, this is on record that I am calling him a quack. <laughs> yes, he deserves it because I called him a quack on his face also when he was the dean and I was an assistant professor. There's nothing he can do about it. He's a non-practicing doctor now. Just, just a because no. he just goes on uh, talking talks, absolute yeah. rubbish. Okay. Because one journalist was interviewing me in Chennai. Uh, he said, "What about Dr. B. M. Hegde?" I said, "Dr. B. M. Hegde is the Deepak Chopra of India." He said, "No, no, no, it's the other way around." He said. <laughs> mm. He is a good man. Mm. Uh, there is no doubt he is a good friend of mine. But as far as his medical advice goes, it's very dangerous. B. M. Hegde is a good friend of. Yes, yes. And you're calling him a quack. Yes, I'm calling him. I'll call him that on his face also. <laughs> and I was telling him right on his face. For example, when he was the dean and I was an assistant professor, he had inaugurated the asthma relief camp of a quack, mm-hmm. and uh, I told him that. He said, "No, no, no, you don't understand." I said, "I understand. You have no business to do that." Mm-hmm. Then he said, "You complain to." Uh, MCI and tried to get my degree removed. I said I did not. Probably if I tried, I would have succeeded. But I did not do that. I had complained to IMA. I wrote three questions to the president of IMA. Has a new cure for asthma been discovered so far? Unknown. Second is if your member goes and inaugurates a quacks asthma relief camp, does it amount to professional misconduct? Third question is: If it amounts to professional misconduct, what are you going to do? For the first question, their answer was no. The second question, they said yes. And for the third question, they said we we'll let you know the action that we have taken. But they could not take any action because IMA is not a statutory body. It is just an organization. It's an association. Okay. But they called him. He said, "I am not your member, and you are nobody to question me." All these things are on record. Mm. See. I have no hesitation in speaking out what I think is the truth. But uh, when you speak out the truth, do you also put yourself in some kind of danger at times? No, no, that danger comes even when you don't speak the truth, because somebody can always kick you when you're walking around on the streets. Mm. Because the times are like that now, mm. so it doesn't matter to me. I was speaking out like this. From decades, and I think I'll keep on speaking out like this as long as I'm alive and I can speak. Okay, you have spoken out on multiple occasions against religion and religious dogma. But do you also think that maybe religion has some advantages? Like people claim that it gives them hope, it gives them a sense of community. Do you see all uh, the good side of religion as well? See, good side of religion. is something which is very questionable but maybe it fulfills the need of the people to identify themselves with a group so you have some ritual for them to identify with them sunday going to church or friday going to a mosque or someday going to a temple and maybe you could have these festivals where you enjoy you eat good food and 
maybe meet people and uh, people do visit you for a festival and maybe things like rituals connected with sending the soul of the dead to heaven give you a sense of satisfaction that you have done all you could for your uh, ancestors it also wipes away the fear of death because you instead of you know instead of uh, hopelessness it tells you oh you are going to ascend to heaven no 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 i don't hmm. think it removes the fear of death because i don't think anybody will be uh, ready to sacrifice their lives just because they told that they're going to heaven probably some extreme jihadis may be doing it but even there i doubt whether the motivation is only that there may be other things also hmm. uh you have been involved in rationality through fira and through dakshina kannada rationalist association and you have associated yourself with ma- many intellectuals but some of them some of them are here no more they have been targeted they have been killed for example uh, your friend your old friend narendra dabolkar yes. he was murdered yes in broad daylight yes how did you feel when that happened i was running a national level advanced workshop when where there were members of his organization also dr sudesh goderav and somebody else was there they told me narendra dabalkar has been shot I said what because just two years back there was the 20th uh, anniversary of founding of maharashtra sandhya nirmulan samiti and i was invited to speak and when i got off at that time i had no security problems when i got off at the bus at uh, pune who is coming to pick me up narendra dabalkar comes walking and says the place is around the corner let's just walk said so, narendra dabalkar you are supposed to be under security and threat he said i leave it here if uh, uh, they give security for me if i take security they will uh, get somebody else better they get me than somebody else then he also told me i have conducted the right from uh, village level to national level uh, workshops i want to have an international workshop what's your idea and then we were discussing that idea but it materialized only after 5 years after he passed away that was the sad part of it narendra dabalkar was a very sincere honest straightforward man who sacrifices whole life and uh, his professional career for the cause i hold him in high respects because he was a man who lived by what he spoke he had no uh, hypocrisy about him and as far as mm kalburgi is concerned mm kalburgi was not a rationalist okay he was a thinker and an intellectual in fact for the release of the draft of the anti so called anti superstition bill in bengaluru we were on the same platform the next one was at dharwad where i was supposed to go but i had already committed to some other place and he did that he was the man who released that both the drafts and then there was a panel discussion on which both of us were there and uh, somebody was talking about uh, uh, passing urine on your ancestor's photo why 
No, no. That was something about disrespect and all that. Okay. That was about you or Anantamurti who said something about some Bhutada Kallu. Oh. Uh, he passed, uh, urinated over that as a child and something happened. Kalburgi had spoken about that somewhere. And so a panel discussion by one of the TV channels was there. And they asked me, what do you say? I said, Dayananda Saraswati saw a rat urinating on the Shivalinga and said that when a god cannot protect himself, how can he protect others? They said, leave that. I said, why should I leave that? He was a much bigger Hindu than you people. He was the founder of Arya Samaj and he has said that. Then they said, will you pass urine over your god's photo? I said, no. He said, why? I said, I prefer to go to toilets. And there you don't have god's photos there in urinals. So then they had no answer to talk and then my phone got cut and they did not bother to connect it back. It seems that's what they are saying, that that was the extreme provocation which caused him to be murdered. But what is the actual reason you think it is? The actual reason is that they made a list of, they found that who are the most efficient people who are fighting against them. So they made a list. I. When Gauri was killed, she was killed on the 5th of September 2017. I think on the 11th of March 2017, I was attacked. And then I managed to escape because I did not stop my cars. And at that time, I had only daytime security. The man would drop me home and say, don't come out and he would go. And early morning, anyway, swimming pool is close to my house. So I just used to pop around there and come back in half an hour, 45 minutes. That time they chose to attack. And this Gauri calls me and says, Jagratan Rapa, be careful. I said, what about you, Gauri? What about you? She said, Adalanam Gagal Rapa. I don't know what she meant by that. But on the 5th of September, I hear Gauri is killed. And when she was killed, for the first time, I think an SIT was constituted. And they came out with a list of 20 people who were to be finished off. And in that list, my name was not there. Ah, I was happy. But that was only a waiting list. There was a confirmed list in which there were four names. Girish Karnad, Bhagwan, yours truly, and uh, Niduma Midimat Swami. This was the confirmed list. They had even confirmed who is to get whom. I was supposed to be killed by the same fellow who killed Gaudi Lankesh. They had put some uh, builder or something. He had a code name. So that is the way things are in this country today. How do you psychologically prepare yourself when there are so many death threats on your life? Death has to come one day or the other. Let me die fighting for what I think is right. Because these are nothing new. They have been in existence in three decades. Before it was at a local unorganized level. And now it is organized by a uh, gang. Mm-hmm. who was underground running these things, show behind the backs of these people. Because the attitudes of those in power gives a sense of arrogance to these people who try such things. Mm. Murder has happened even in our hometown and uh, this has caught the eye of uh, news media. And you have been involved in uh, the protest against that murder and I'm talking about the murder of uh, Vinayak Baliga. Uh, where are we in seeking justice towards this murder? 
We are doing quite a few things over the ground and we are trying to do a few things, manipulation behind the back also. What we are doing underground is something which I cannot reveal. Okay. But over ground, we have tried the legal process. We are trying it again and again. And just uh, uh, an application has been filed for cancellation of the bail of accused number one. And uh, we are asking for an SIT to be constituted into that. Vinayak Balika was not a rationalist. He was, in fact, more conservative than the people who killed him. He was a total uh, manuvadi, I should say. But one thing is, he was a stubborn guy who stood for certain things. He questioned a lot of injustices. He questioned a lot of irregularities. And he questioned them in a legal way by which these people could not do much. So they killed him. It was as simple as that. They got him killed. And we hear that even his sisters are getting threatened now. Yes. Yes, his sisters are getting threatened. And uh, so also the setup is like that. Those who are supported are given threats. And uh, the accused number one is acting as if he is a hero. And the leader of the community of GSB youth and things like that. Because this community is full of people who are vested interest. They would rather enjoy their business and money than stand up for justice. So, not many of them will raise their voice. And of course, I don't count among them, so it is okay by me that I raise my voice and I question. In fact, it is there tomorrow, 21st of March. Today, this interview is on the 20th of March and tomorrow will be the 5th anniversary, 21st of March 2021. Hmm. There's so much tension in this country when it comes to seeking justice or being a rationalist. What What is the situation of rationalists in this country right now? Rationalists in this country are standing up for themselves. They are fighting and they have got support from the local communities also, because we are not just atheists, we also take up a lot of issues which affect the common man. I have been a consumer activist. The consumer activism and my rationalism are not in contrast. Consumer activism is a part of rationalism and rationalism is a part of consumer activism. Because both of them stand for a scientific approach to things. And uh, they have been complimenting each other. For example, uh, when this uh, midbrain activation came, it's a consumer issue also because people are paying for some stupid thing which doesn't work, which claims to have paranormal powers. Okay. So there's this blindfold young children and uh, claim that their blindfolded children can They can see without light falling on the retina. And it activates their midbrain and all junk. Okay. You also debunked Nadi astrology. You went yes. all the way down to Tamil Nadu yes. to debunk it. Yes. Uh, how? What exactly is Nadi astrology? See, it's a method of cold reading. Like all astrologers, palmists, parrot card readers, tarot card readers, or any sort of person who tells about you or somebody else, when you show them a horoscope or whatever it is, are doing cold reading. In fact, I do cold reading much better than uh, these people. They just ask you questions 
and through which they try to get the alphabets of your name. For example, first time when I went to debunk Nadi, he said it starts from A, B, C, D, and last only Z remained. He said you are a Muslim. Oh, your he said your yeah. name starts from these. Yeah, yeah, alphabet. from this alphabet A, B, C, D like that. Hmm. Then he will ask another question. Then he'll come to the next alphabet, so that they think that you can't follow it up. But you see, we are used to all such things. And for anybody who gives does cold reading, I can give all the wrong body signals and make them talk nonsense. Okay. That's what I did to this guy. Okay. Finally, he got angry. He put his leaves under his arm and walked out of his own shop. <laughs> and we were sitting there, waited for ten minutes, and then we two walked out. Mm. You have a very do-it-yourself approach when it comes to debunking certain things, yeah. because people, when you see Godman pulling out chains or vibhuti out of their hand and when you say it's not real it's a trick yeah. they usually ask why don't you do it yourself yeah. and you do it yourself yeah. that was the reason precisely the reason why i learned to do it myself because when this challenge comes say you how do you walk on fire you blah 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 blah, blah. little frost effect is this blah 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 say so you do it when you see those red glowing hot embers and heat on your body how do you walk that's what happened to me for the first time I think it was in 1981 or 82 in the town hall in mangalore where it was my first fire walking experience because a team had come from tamil nadu along with premanand and they had prepared the fire and it was ready it was a fully crowded program and uh, we came out and uh, hmm, fire was ready the people were crowded i asked who is going to walk on the fire first everybody looked at me and said you <laughs> i was thinking okay i'll walk walk yaar leden frost effect after all science is universal science is this that that but yaar leden frost is a dutchman and a gora and here i am an indian if something happens to my feet took a deep breath walked nothing happened here so i was happy then so many people walked then i made thousands walk i dipped my hands into boiling oil i took fried things from with my boiling oil with my bare hands kept burning camphor on my tongue put burning flames on my body we put trishul through our tongue we do every damn thing that a so called godman does and one may specialize in taking out vibhuti from the air and another may specialize dipping his hands into boiling oil and the third may do something else but we do every single one of them so because they are easy to see through yes so somebody put a uh, this one of a sadhu converting whiskey into water i put the counter video and 4 million people saw that it's very easy to tell people it's even after you disprove such things with your own hand mm. do people say no you are what you are doing is a trick what our god man is doing is a miracle precisely in iit madras i had a program in which i did all this and then in the end the dean of student affair a phd in some discipline of engineering comes on the dais and tells me I went to put up at the Sai Baba. Showed his empty hands and he took a 
ring and gave me. I showed him an empty hand and then they took a coin and gave him. He said, what you are doing is magic. What my Baba does is a miracle. As simple as that. So you taking out puris from the uh, oil is a trick. But what they do in the temples in somewhere in Uttara Karnataka, Kannada is a miracle. So you can always argue that way. But when the common man sees it, he sees the hollowness of that argument. Unless he is a bigoted devotee of that, they see through it. In fact, two years back in a college, somewhere that Sri Rama College or Ramasham, some college, one girl came and uh, at the end of the program, she showed me her palm. She said, what is this? I said, somebody put camphor on your palm. I, I know very well that scar. She said, yes, 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 yes. I said, why? What happened? She told the place also, somewhere near PVS Kalakunj, she said. I did not ask her what was the reason, probably to check whether she had some affair or something like that, because she did not tell me either. But her question was not a complaint about the injustice, but her question was, when they put the camphor in my hand, it did not burn and it did not pain. The pain started only next day. Why? So that was her question. This girl, I should say a woman, because she would have been more than 18, did not even have a whimper against the patriarchal mindset which made them put camphor on her palm and burn it. But on the other hand, she asked me a question. Why it did not burn then? And later on it started burning. So when this is the sort of attitude among people, what do you do? The patriarchal mindset. The mother-in-law exploits the daughter-in-law. The worst exploiter of the daughter-in-law is the mother-in-law and the sister-in-law. The dowry demands are put by the boy's mother most of the times. So in a setup like this, what do you say? We can say that uh, I set an example, that's all. My marriage was like that. No horoscope, no religious ceremony, and there were 17 people for lunch, and the cost was in two digits. The registrar was summoned home. There was no God. There was no religious ceremony. I did not tie the tali around her neck. Nothing. Yet it's a happy marriage. I do not know happy or unhappy, but we have it together for 41 years now. This April will be finishing 41 years of putting up with each other, I should say. <laughs> so you spoke about young uh, people coming, young boys and young girls coming to you and asking these scientific questions. Mm. Uh, what kind of activities do you think we can do to help young youngsters think in a more scientific way? First of all, encourage them to ask questions. Encourage them to experiment. Encourage them to do more reading. Now you have the benefit of the internet. We did not have that when we were growing up. We were only reading stuff and maybe experimenting with it. Mm. But now the younger generation has so many things available for them and they should learn to ask questions. They should learn to reason out. They can uh, see when they talk about the practices, they say it is impossible for you to follow. Here is an example. Yes. In Colombo, when a journalist was interviewing me, she asked me one question. What are your achievements in life? I said only two things. One is I have not bribed any god. The second is I have not bribed any man. 
There are only two achievements in my life, I say. Because I've not given a single paisa as bribe so far to anyone. That that is good enough. I think yeah. that is a big achievement. Yeah. Uh, what are the different kind of activities you do with your organizations? You've been president of FIRA. You've been a founder of Dakshina Kannada Rationalist Association. And also you've been involved with the Aid Without Religion. Yes. Aid Without Religion Trust is for collection of funds and utilizing them for activities which do not involve any non-science or superstition. It's basically a charitable institution. Federation of Indian Rationalist Association is a federation. It's a sort of apex body for all the organizations in India. We have got 80 plus members, not members, member organizations. We act as a central think tank. We set themes for the particular uh, year or a particular period. We take up joint action. So that is what the federation is for. Dakshina Kannada Rationalist Association is the one for day-to-day activities. You have the programs, you have the interactions. Even during the COVID times, we had so many of the webinars. And uh, I think the first interaction after before COVID was on the 8th of March. No, 15th, I think, sometime. Okay, okay. 15th of March mm. was the last interaction. And the first one after that was on the 15th of October. And after COVID, I've conducted workshops, programs, and uh, interactions for uh, so many places, I think. Last December, January, February, I must have conducted at least some 30, 40 interactions and four or five workshops. I have one right next week. Okay. And uh, to support all your activities, you had to retire early. No, I quit. You quit, okay. I did not retire, I quit. Actually, I had made that plan when I joined for service in 1978 that I will retire and do this work full-time. But I never imagined that I'll quit and do this work full-time. I quit because it's time that we devote all the time for this. And all my classes and my research and my... PGs and the examination, they were all interfering with my activities. So I thought better cut off that interference. I didn't want to become a bad teacher. Okay. And neglect my activities. But my colleagues, ex-colleagues, had been very supportive. For example, when I was in Bihar, I get a call. I said, sir, your class is due on nutrition for BDS. I said, what? I said, your class is due two days after. The one who has finished the previous chapter, the next mm. one was supposed to be me. I said, I don't know that. He said, oh. Then I had already taken one chapter for them. And this was at the back of the last page, which I had not seen. Okay. Then I said, will you manage? She said, okay, I'll manage. You take my next chapter. So somehow they have picked up. In fact, in 2004, when I wanted to quit, they said, sir, exhaust your leave and go. Because most of my colleagues were also my students who later on joined as uh, faculty. They said, sir, you finish your leave and go. Don't go like this now itself. Mm. We'll adjust our classes. So I finished my leave and then I quit in 2006. Why exactly 2004? Did something happen in around yes. that time? That was probably one of the last straws, I should say. That was a sacrifice of a little girl in a place called Aland near uh, Gulbarga district. It's in Gulbarga district, in a village. A seven-year or eight-year-old child was sacrificed and uh, 
flayed. You can just imagine that. The parents showed me the picture of their child, the lump of flesh. And that was done by a gang of people who were supposed to practice bhanamati, a sort of black magic. So I thought I'll devote all my time to a campaign against bhanamati, and we did that. We had a campaign against that. Hmm. In Uttara Karnataka, that uh, Gulbarga, Bidar, Raichur and Koppala, these six are famous in inverted commas for this uh, so-called Bhanamati. Hmm. Has it reduced now over the past? Yes, yes, it has reduced. Good. It has reduced. So that way, rationalists have seen a lot of progress. As a as one of the most prominent rationalists, what kind of progress have you seen in the past few decades? See, first time we had invited Premanand here was, I think, in 1982 or so. I did not know Premanand. Who is this Basava Premanand? Basava Premanand. Okay. He was, I should say, he is my ideological father in okay. a sort of way. He taught me the technique to get across to people. And um, yes, uh, he was got by a magician, a good friend of mine. And uh, then we had a series of programs, some four or five programs here. And then there is this uh, paper of Dakshina Kannada, which used to think that it is the Venkatji Koli of Dakshina Kannada, that if they do not crow, the sun will not rise. And this newspaper, without an editorial, started a campaign against me. They say that it is letters to the editor received by them, but actually they only manufactured that. In that, lot of attacks were there. They said, rationalists are saying today no miracle, tomorrow they will say no God. For which I gave a reply, why tomorrow? Today itself I am saying there is no God. Then the magician got scared. He said, we are magicians only, we have nothing to do with the rationalists. And at that time I decided that henceforward if we are going to have programs, we will have them on our own not with the magicians and such people. Because magician is still my friend, but uh, uh, I do not involve him in the... My, he says he is an atheist, and, but for him what is important is like P.C. Sarkar told me once, for me my God is the box of his. <laughs> what did he mean by that? I don't know. See, we were on a panel discussion for NDTV, and uh, I said, uh, Sarkar, I am not. He said, sir, you are introducing yourself to me. I've seen you on this, I've seen you on that. We are, you are my hero, sir, and all that he talked. Okay. And then when it came to the panel discussion, this man says, oh, the box office is my god. So these the magicians are dangerous. Okay. They will not come openly. They'll say, one of the magicians here, when he's asked a delicate question about uh, such things, he says, my guru Narendra Naikuru Hage Heltare. He says this. Okay. He prefers quoting you quoting rather, me, than rather than say that it is his statement. Mm. Anyway, they have got their own problems. They want to cater to the box office. Yes, they yes. want to get more people, sell more tickets. Okay, mm. it's up to them. Okay, so they want, don't want to offend certain sections of uh, yeah. the society. Yeah. Okay, okay. You've been through so much uh, difficulties, death threats. Mm -hmm. So what is next for Narendra Naik? A peaceful end to my existence. That's all I would uh, hope for. <laughs> uh, and one thing is that as long as I'm alive, I will be kicking. That's all I can say.
and uh, of course, I know exactly what will happen to me after my death. Many people are scared of what will happen to me after, uh, to them after their death, but I know exactly. My body will go to the medical college. Okay. <laughs> That's all that remains of you, nothing else, except the memories which are stored as RNA mm. in the brains of people. And maybe the literature, volume and volumes and volumes I have written and uh, the hours and hours of videos and including this broadcast. I think that's all I will leave. Okay. Well, sir, you're a very brave man. I've learned a lot today. Thank you so much for being with us. Yes. Thank you very much for giving me this opportunity. Thank you.